Welcome to Freight Nation, a trucking podcast, where we explore the fascinating world of trucking and freight management. We dive deep into the freight industry and uncover why the trucking industry is more crucial to our country now than ever before. Stay tuned to uncover the driving forces behind successful trucking businesses and hear from the hardworking truckers and leaders who keep the world moving. Let's hit the road. All right, Freight Nation, here we are with another episode of Freight Nation, a trucking podcast of truckstop.com. Hey, thanks a lot for joining us today. We know you have a lot of places you can put your time and effort and energy and interest, and we're just thankful that you listen to Freight Nation because we always want to bring you really unique stories that can motivate you and give you some information and maybe even some tips on how to create your own business or enhance the one that you have. And so Freight Nation has been a lot of fun doing this so far. We've done several, more than 20 episodes so far, so we're excited for our next one. We got a super, really great one for you. And joining me today is the founder and CEO of SJ Logistics and Trucking, Miss Saritha Willingham. She's joining us today. Saritha, thank you so much for joining us on Freight Nation. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and discuss the freight industry with you all. Well, man, we're so excited to have you on. One of the great things about Freight Nation, Saritha, is that we want to motivate those in the marketplace to start their own business or to enhance the business that they have. And you're such a great story behind that because you have a great history, which we'll talk about working for the leaders in the marketplace and then starting your own business in 2017 and then starting a logistics arm in 2020 or right in the beginning of the pandemic. And so sounds like to me, you've always been a real innovative person and entrepreneur. Is that fair? Yes. I'm more so I tell people I'm a go-getter. I'm aggressive and I, yeah. I like to try the impossible to see if I can do it. If I can put my mind to it, I can do it. Yeah, man. Persistence uh, pays off no matter what. Calvin Coolidge, one of our most famous presidents, uh, persistence is the difference in success and failure in most everything that we do. So I'm glad. I definitely know you're an example of that. First off, where did you grow up? Because I hear a similar, like, you know, sort of accent in your voice to mine being from Alabama. So where did you grow up? And tell me a little bit about your growing up as a young adult. I am a homegrown Georgia peach. I grew up in South Georgia in this town called Louisville, Georgia. It's yeah. about 45 miles south of Augusta, Georgia, where the famous Masters is played. Yeah. So super cool. I love that. Hey, homegrown Georgia peach. Well, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia as a little boy kindergarten through third grade and learned to play baseball in Georgia. Met Hank Aaron. The first major league baseball player I ever met was Hank Aaron and Chief Nakahoma. So I'm a big Braves fan. Always have been. But to have a lot of my family history in the state of Georgia and certainly in Atlanta. In reading your bio, you're unbelievably educated, unbelievably talented, and you're in trucking. So that's a great mix when it comes to things. And so how old were you when you got into uh, the beginning of your career inside transportation? It was with Coca-Cola, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, how did you get from wherever you were to Coca-Cola, which kind of started you along this pathway into freight transportation? So I'll tell you a funny story. I was in the military. and I Oh, no way. What part? I was in the Army Reserve and then I transitioned into the Air Force Reserve. Get out. Air Force Reserve, I was in a medical unit. Yeah. I always ended up helping the procurement team and logistics okay. team, but I had no clue what that was because I joined the military when I was 16. Right. So, 16? Yeah. I did the split out program in high school where you can go to basic one year oh. and your school in the next year when you graduate high school. Wow. So 
I had yeah. no clue what procurement and logistics was, but I yeah. always said I was going to work for Coca-Cola. And yeah. it was so funny when I graduated college, the first job offer came from Coca-Cola. You're kidding me. My yeah. favorite drink of all time is Coca-Cola. I tell wow. you what, my favorite one. <laughs> so By the way, thank you for your service to our country and thank you for protecting my freedom. Thank you. So I didn't know I was in logistics and procurement when I was right. 17, 18, 19 years old. Oh, right. I love so it. When I got my first job at Coke. I was 23 years old. Yeah. And I started in collections, but I was in the data analysis field as well because Coke mm-hmm. has a lot of dual roles. Oh, yeah. And and to learn how to do this, I had to learn logistics. That's when I learned about Cisco and how they deliver and Mm -hmm. McDonald's and Walmart, Mm -hmm. you know, the logistics and transportation Mm -hmm. to actually do my job. And so I eventually got a promotion into Coke supply chain department where Mm -hmm. I was a Mm -hmm. project manager and I had to coordinate a lot of logistics and transportations and installations and different things like that. Right. So that's what piqued my interest like. Oh, everything is transported. They have this division. They have that division. So while there, I decided to look for other opportunities outside of Coca-Cola. And that's when I found XBO. And really, they were 3PD last mile that had been bought out by XBO. Right. And they had just got an Amazon contract. So that was when Amazon was like really booming. Mm -hmm. And what year was this when you joined XPO? 2015. 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got into logistics in 2013. Yeah. Okay. And so they got this M3 PD last mile. They had a lot of things going for them. They had been bought out by XBO. They got an Amazon mm-hmm. contract mm-hmm. and they were very bad at coordinating and being organized. So they hired very bad. <laughs> lead project manager to combine all the systems that have been acquired. So in learning right. all these systems, I had to learn in a modal, dredge, last mile, no way. brokerage, and all from an IT perspective, warehousing, I had to learn it all to know that it was impossible that I would never combine all those systems. That was the lesson wow. I learned. <laughs> but I stayed with them for five years. But in learning right. all of this, that's what piqued my interest into, well, how did 3PD become XPO to become last mile? You know, what happened? How did right. they do this? Who and I was like, oh, they're a middleman. That's what, you know, all, everything started coming together. Third party mm-hmm. logistics company. Then I said, oh, well, if they can do this, I probably could do this too. Yeah, man, sure. So it was one of those things. I went home, I talked to my husband. He was like, yeah, I think you could do it. I think you could do it. And so I had an uncle driving truck. He was my mentor. Oh, you did? You had an uncle driving trucks. How cool. Yeah. He was my mentor. He got me started with investing. What's his name? What's his uncle's name? His name is Nikki Thomas. (laughs) Nikki Thomas. All right. Way to go, Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) So... He was telling me about different things. And then I have a best friend that drove trucks. And he told me about when he had his own company and having an authority. So I did a lot of research. And then I said, let me try this. And I did it with the trucking myth. Buy one truck, put a driver in, and you make a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. that's not true. (laughs) So, but I started out like that. But then I had a business plan. You know, I wanted to... I didn't want to just have one truck or three trucks or whatever. And so then my husband started encouraging me, like, you know, you could do this full time. Like, you're really good at this. You could really do right. this full time. And so, you know, when 2020 came, pandemic hit and I already had my feet wet. So we right. went out there full blown and said, let's just make it a full service 3PL. And that's how we went from five trucks to 12 trucks in 2020. And we expanded in 2021 into warehousing and then in 2020. Wow. Warehousing as well. Wait, you're almost a 4PL. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in 2023, we opened a freight brokerage and started with that because we said we wanted to be able to offer a holistic approach for our customers. Wow. So you've just continued to grow and grow as you've seen opportunity and gotten encouragement from those that you need encouragement from. And I love that. I love that where you said, well, hey, if they did it, I can do it. One of the greatest quotes, Aretha, that I ever saw, and it really motivated and has inspired me tremendously, was from Steve Jobs. And uh, the guy that, you know, created Apple. And he said, as soon as you realize that everything that has been created in this world was created by somebody no different than you, then you can do it too. But you have to make that connection that, look, we've all got intelligence. We've all got capacity to do things. Just go start it. Go take the risk and go do it. So, yeah. So what an encouragement you are. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So you got SJW Logistics. By the way, I got to ask you, because I'm going to guess the S stands for Saritha and the W stands for Willingham. What does the J stand for? That is so funny. So a lot of people think it's my middle name. So when I get correspondences, they'll be like, this is Saritha J. Willingham. And I'm like, that is not my middle name. <laughs> so I was looking at different company names because I wanted something universal. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people start names as initials. And I was like, I don't want my full initials in a, a business. So my daughter happened to be passing by me at the moment. And I said, oh, I'll just put the J in the middle. Her name starts with the J. <laughs> oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. So it's your daughter. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So let me ask you, how did your experience with Coca-Cola and what you did with XPO? So obviously you got your feet wet with analytics, with project management. You talked about collections in your military. You were dealing with procurement. And then with XPO, you were dealing with all the different sort of ins and outs of them growing their business on the LTL. So how did that give you sort of the confidence to start SJW? I think it gave me the confidence because like I said, I was doing a lot of research. I mean, I didn't just research the companies I was working for. I started researching J.B. Hunt and Snyder, TQLs, you know, the brokerages, different things like that. And then, you know, all of them had similar stories to how they got started. So, yeah. uh uh-huh. And I said, okay, well, it starts small and then it grows. Everything, you know, it starts small and grow. And Mm -hmm. so, I said, okay, this is what I'll do. I'll start small, do Mm -hmm. my learnings there, and Mm -hmm. then I'll grow. Mm -hmm. And that was the the way of taking the first step. Because, you know, sometimes when you're researching things and you're trying to get started or something, you get overwhelmed because it's so much to it. Mm -hmm. So I took myself and I did a project plan. I did what I knew best. You planned your work. I love it. planned it, yes. Mm -hmm. planned your work, and then you worked your plan. Is that right? Exactly. Well, that's funny you bring up. These really big players in the market like J.B. Hunt and Schneider and how you kind of follow their model. If you take it all the way back to Johnny Brian Hunt and Don Schneider starting their businesses, they all started out small. They all started out with just an idea to solve a problem for one customer. And now they're these foundational staple names in our industry. And there's many, many, many others. And thing they just went, you know what? I think I can solve that problem. Yes. You know, yes. so that's super exciting. I love it. And so Freight Nation, so one of the big tip. All right. So pro tip right here. Saritha just said it. Make a plan. All right. Make a plan. No matter. Look, there's always opportunity. And everybody, and we all, I know most people that start businesses are entrepreneurs. I have a lot of confidence in themselves. They'll take the risk, but make a plan. 
So super important in making a plan because you can't adjust a plan that doesn't exist. All right. So, all right, Saritha, so I'm sure that day one, as soon as you had your plan out there, you started working your plan. It was so easy and everything worked out right. Right? I wish it was like that. But you know what? I think that's what has kept us because, you know, a lot of companies haven't made it through this downturn in the industry. Right. Right. But with my plan there, I went through some things. I used this guy that told me when buying my first truck, what to look for. Well, I learned when you ask some drivers for experience, you know, what's the best truck to buy? They buy what they know and what they drive. And if the truck starts, (laughs) it's a good truck. Well, I learned, no, that's not necessarily. Not always. Yeah. My first truck burned down within the first year of having it. Oh, you know, and then I was pregnant. I went six months without even having a truck under my authority. And I was on owner operators. So. There were several things to stay afloat within my first year that has kept me through this. And, you know, we went through the ups and downs of rates and all that good stuff. I will say it's easier when you're smaller, but as you grow, things become harder. But I was up Mm -hmm. for the challenge. So definitely it was not easy. And my daddy always say anything worth having, you got to work for it. So (laughs) I am definitely putting in the work. (laughs) Were, are, were you, are you close to your dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I have four daughters and I'm close to all of them as well. I have twin sons as well, but something special about daughters, man. There always will be. I know that he's very proud of you. So what were some of the major challenges? Okay, so number one, you had a truck that burned up. And number two, you got some of your drivers who are giving you bad advice about trucks. And, and look, it's pretty natural in business. Sometimes we trust the wrong people. You know, so uh, what were some of the challenges with just the structure and getting the business running? That was um, a challenge. You know, I don't have a CDL. So people will tell me you need to learn to get your CDL. I'm like, well, all these people I research, they don't have CDLs either. So, you know, I don't have to have a CDL to run the trucking company. But I'm glad I stuck with that because I didn't get involved in the day to day tactical operation. I was able to see things Mm -hmm. on a different level. Mm -hmm. And then, you know. I think it would have been more challenging had I not had the corporate America experience that I have. Well, because one thing about right. corporate America, they will pivot from a plan. They will embrace change, right? If it doesn't work, they drop it. So I was able to look at some things that were challenging in the beginning. You know, drivers, I'm a passionate person. I try to give people several chances. And I was raised to talk to people and try to understand what things are coming from. But in business, you can't do that. If it doesn't work, right. <laughs> You got to let it go. So, you know, those are definitely driver challenges, retaining drivers, getting good equipment, learning Mm -hmm. maintenance and those expenses with that and being, you know, misled by mechanics and having to pay for the same thing two or three times, you know, different things like that has definitely, it has definitely helped me on this journey with learning that so early on in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Well, I get that. It's always a challenge. So when you found your business and founded it, when you brought it to life here, so you said that you pulled from your experience in corporate America and pivoting off of a bad idea quickly is one of the keys to continuing to sustain your business, right? Tell me why you know that because, to be true. You know, a lot of times when we're small business owners, we get so caught up in the accomplishment and we're very passionate about our business, very passionate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll try to hold on to everything because... As a small business owner, when we 
can't do something or, you know, something fails, we feel like a failure. So in corporate America, I was right. able to learn that, you know, you don't waste money on things for long. So if it doesn't work, you move on because there are so many opportunities out there. You just got to keep trying things until you find something that works and then you expand on it, you grow on it and use that to invest in something else. You know, just keep investing, keep growing. That mm-hmm. really helps. Yeah, well, that, a Freight Nation, that's pro tip number two. Saritha's bringing it. She's bringing it heavy. Pro tip number two is pivot quickly off a bad idea. Don't chase bad ideas with good money or don't chase a bad customer with good money. Pivot off a bad idea very quickly. This is so true, Saritha. Thank you for bringing that out. So true. If you look in the investment community, sort of the people that have money that want investing company to get money back, that's the first thing they tell the, the operators or the founders of a business is pivot off of bad ideas quickly because they waste more than money. Yeah, exactly. They waste your time and you don't get time back. You can get money back. You can't get time back. So that's pro tip number two. Pivot off a bad idea. Make a plan, number one, from Saritha, SJW. Not her middle name. Jay is not her middle name. Uh, <laughs> and make a plan, number two, pivot off a bad idea. Man, you're, you're bringing it. I hope, Freight Nation, that you're writing these down. So this is super important. So our industry, I, I want to make sure I'm getting the elephant out of the room, Saritha. All right, you ready for a very important question? All right. There's not a whole lot of your gender in our industry. And there's not a whole lot of women of your color in our industry. How have you found that to be a challenge? And how have you used that to your advantage? How have you leveraged that in a way in which was a benefit for you? you I think know, this is an important question say, to ask. You yeah. know, the trend over the last couple of years have been putting women in larger roles. And so 100%. I have been mm-hmm. lucky and blessed to be a woman in this industry because I have yeah, been hey, well yeah. accepted. I've been helped my vendors, you know. They are males, <laughs> majority of males, they're salespeople that are running these companies. But when they sit down and they talk to me, they see my plan, they help me. I've had a lot of grace on things that people probably normally wouldn't get. And wow. we're a partnership. And I okay. tell people about being a partner. I want to be your yeah. partner. I want you to help SJW grow. Because when we get to where our goal is, I want to be able to say, these are the people that helped me. And it didn't matter that I was a woman. It didn't matter what I looked like or who I was. We all had the same goal in mind. If we help SJW right. grow, we grow too. So it's it's been actually a great ride being yeah. a female in a male-dominated industry, to be honest with you. And I've met so many great people that have helped me along the way. Yeah. Well, it is good. I'll tell you, that's one of the things that Truck Stop's really involved in a lot of different things inside the industry to create equality of opportunity for anybody that wants it. We're all for that. So it's just super important that when people see opportunity, they get the opportunity to go take it. And then, look, it doesn't matter who you are. You got to put the effort in and create the success. It doesn't matter where you started and what your background is and how those things happen. Freight doesn't care. It just doesn't. It cares about your performance and how you're going to get things taken care of. So you found this opportunity to be one that was actually a really good journey. You know, and one that didn't seem sort of uh, maybe weighted against you or anything like that. You felt like that there was good out. So that hey, that's an encouragement to anybody who wants to start in this industry. Some of the absolute top leaders in all of freight transportation are females as well. And so that just makes our industry more resilient. Honestly, it makes that much more resilient. So that's super exciting to hear. As I said, I got four daughters, right? And I want them to have every opportunity they can. 
All right. So as an entrepreneur, somebody who's, you know, if you don't get it done, it doesn't happen. Right. So what would be sort of so getting in logistics? What's a couple of other than work your plan and have a plan, those sort of things that you talked about? What are some of the like nuances that you go, OK, well, I wish I would have done this better and I wish I would have done more uh, of this. I think that, you know, right now, that's a great question because we're learning some things. Right. So what we know in looking right. at our year in review from 2023, what we know we do really well is trucking. What we now know that we don't do really, really right. well is warehousing um, and sales. Yes. So oh, really? this okay. is the year that we make that decision to say, hey, you know, maybe we need to downsize and let that go and just focus on what we do best, which is trucking and growing that side or right. growing that side. So those are some things that, you know, we sit down, we do business reviews just like any other company. And we look at what we did really, really well and what we wow. did really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. And so and we talk about those things. So that's the only way we're going to continue to grow. Right. So if we don't look at things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep trying to figure out, well, why is this not working? Why is that not working? No, we know why it's not working. So we just got to make a decision right. about it. So mm-hmm. intellectual honesty is really important yeah. in being honest with yourself. In other words, saying, okay, that's not going as well as it needs to. If we took that resource or those resources and put them over here, exactly. maybe we get a better return on it. Yeah. Okay. Pro tip number three. All right. Use yeah. your intellectual resources. <laughs> so yeah, no doubt. All right. So uh, fantastic. All right. So I read in, in a little bit in reading up about you, I read that just recently you guys you had an issue with some double brokering yeah. in the marketplace. So, you know, it has been on the rise ever since the marketplace started adjusting back down to normal. And a lot of times it's just because people aren't paying attention. That something yeah. that looks good is actually really not good. And yet they're not paying attention to it. And so it can come back to bite them pretty hard. Tell us a little bit about your double brokering story and then what you did about it and what some advice so would be to others been about on it. Both ends of double brokering. We had someone double broker one of our loads that through our brokerage. And then we also had someone using our MC and booking load with our trucking company You're and getting the payment. Wow. So what happened, how we found out that someone had double brokered our load, we had got a load from our customer. And, you know, they did the tracking, they set everything up. We knew something was odd with it. They were checking all the boxes, like the insurance check out. We wouldn't get the insurance from them. We called the insurance company. So we were doing our due diligence in setting mm-hmm. that carrier up when we booked that load with them. There we made sure that the macro point was working and everything. We could see them. But how that worked, we didn't know that actual company was a scam. The scamming company, they had told mm-hmm. a carrier they were going to pay them $3,200 for the load when the load only paid $1,800 and that right. was market rate. So the carrier was doing everything we were asking them to do. And they delivered the load. Like I said, we had everything. Nothing went wrong except for it was like, well, don't we the dispatcher, don't call the driver. You got to call us type thing. And so right. the driver delivered. We went head on, you know, invoice and the customer, the broker or not broker, the carrier wanted quick pay. They said that our we were new at that time. So they said our fact, our brokers did not get approved by their factor. So they wanted to they quick pay. And my accounting team had actually set the payment up and it was due to issue the next day. And the trucking company that actually did the work said mm-hmm. that their factoring company 
declined them to factor that load for three thousand dollars because our customer oh, wow. was on the name of the brokerage on the BOLs and the name of the brokerage did not match the name that they submitted. So their factoring company caught it and they contacted us immediately and we were able to stop that payment and pay that carrier. We were like, well we can't we, our customer didn't even pay us three thousand dollars for the loan. So we definitely can't pay you that, but we can pay you what we agreed to. So you get something yeah. out of it, you know. So that was how we first learned. And we were like, you know what? We're going to be cautious of these people that want quick pay and this different things like that. But how we learned someone was using our trucking side was we got some payments. And we were like, we didn't do these loads. Who did this load? We weren't in this area on this oh, day. Wow. Unless we were confused because, you know, we do use a factoring company on our trucking side. And they started receiving an influx of payments that we didn't factor. And we were like, well, we didn't right. do these loads. And that's when we found out there's someone out there using our MC number to book loads. And we don't know if they ever got paid, but some companies paid us instead of them because they used our MC number. Wow. So <laughs> sounds like they tried to game the system, but forgot to yeah. do it the right way. And you ended up getting paid. Keep the money. We had to so, send it uh, back. Wow. But, you know. Well, that's amazing. You've had been hit on both sides. So what's advice to the logistics companies out there and the carrier companies out there? What's your advice to them about, you know, going through this process and how would you, how could you avert it? It's very hard now because they're really smart. Like I said, they make sure everything check out. Like even if you try to say, well, I don't want the insurance COI coming from you. I want it coming directly from, you know, the insurance company. We try to get more established carriers. You know, I don't think you could do enough due diligence and checking people because of how easy it is to, you know, get frauded out here these days. But I would say just if it doesn't feel right, probably don't do it. (laughs) What if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck? It's probably a duck. So, you know, yeah. We've been doing this fraud prevention Friday thing. You know, we deal with a tremendous amount of carriers that has you know, hundreds, a couple hundred thousand trucks. And so we've been doing this thing since the beginning of all this fraud coming up called Fraud Fraud Prevention Friday and just trying to help educate small carriers who don't have a lot of the resources that others do about what to look for, you know. And a lot of times it's just common sense. Don't get in a hurry for one thing. That's mm-hmm. why probably the biggest thing is just don't get in a hurry. If you see a $2,000 load for 4000 bucks, you know, to, uh, yeah, to quote a very old outer space show that used to be on, you know, danger, Will Robinson, danger, you know, yes, that's danger. You got to be careful of that. So have you had any other challenges with double brokering or fraud um, after no, the, after those couple? Not, not that I want you no, to have it. Really, <laughs> so. We have it because like you said, we were being really cautious before that. We did a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. We felt like one time a shipper was in on helping this customer there. We were able to catch that in the act mm-hmm. and make sure we got paid for that. But I can say, you know, in the seven years that the trucking company has been in business, we've only experienced it once on that side. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. Well, then that's low. Yeah, that's really low. Fantastic. And we'll just keep yeah. saying our prayers that it doesn't happen anymore. So, but, you know, like I said, most of it is, and like you just said, it's most of it's just due diligence. Just do your homework. All right, hang on. I think we got pro tip four. Yes. All right. Do your homework. <laughs> You know, kind of what your mama always told you. Did you do your homework? <laughs> so I wish I would have taken that advice when I was in college. I probably would have performed a lot better. So you got to show up to class and do your homework. You know, hey, there you go. All right. So you're an entrepreneur. You built the business. 
what are some ways in which you built your business? What were some of the strategies you employed in going after shipper customers after, you know, going out there and securing freight for your business? What are some of the tactics? Because every business is unique, right? What were some of the strategies and tactics uh, that you had in your plan? We knew being small, our budget was tight, so we couldn't hire a sales team. So we did the commission-based thing with that. But the biggest thing was we used our trucking side to, you know, talk to smaller customers. We told our drivers, when you go, the shippers be nice to them. Just pass out business cards. Let them know, hey, we're available because you never know. Some customers Mm -hmm. just want to use brokers Mm -hmm. only and some Mm -hmm. will use asset-based to spend depending on how small they are. So those were some of the strategies we used early on going after customers. Then, of course, when COVID happened, you couldn't physically talk to people. So we had to be a little more creative with emails and phone calls. Then there were so many because rates had went up so high during COVID with a lot of things for shippers and and customers. So what we did, we said, you know what? We're going to take on the stance that we're not going to price gouge. We're going to try to get our customers wow. on term, which worked. We said, hey, what were you paying before COVID? We had to consider that, you know, okay. fuel is high and this is going on. So we still had to raise our rates, but we were not like a lot of mm-hmm. carriers and nothing against them. You know, people did what they could get away with, of course. But we were like, we are looking for long-term relationships because we still want to work with you when this is over. So having the knowledge and, you know, the business acumen to say, we know that this thing we're going through won't last forever. But will our customers be there through that? And will they still want to work with us once all things start to calm down, you know? And that was one strategy that has really helped us. Because we were able to maintain all of our customers that we picked up during COVID because we did not price gouge. Now, of course, since then, they've asked us to come down on our prices, (laughs) but we still have our customers. Right. So you really focus on the long-term relationship. You focus on being open and honest with your customers. And, you know, what's funny, Saritha, is I've gotten to talk to lots of of brokerage companies and carrier companies in the marketplace, and it's a recurring theme. They priced fairly during the pandemic, but they didn't try to price gouge, and they still maintain those customers today. So that's probably pro tip number five, which is long-term relationships and being open and honest about what your pricing needs are with your shipper customers. So super important because, you know, the, what's the old saying? You don't have to win every battle, just win the war. You know? So just make sure you win the war of continuing to have profitable business because, you know, getting that great rate a few times may lose the customer down the road, no doubt. So I love this question. What is your proudest moment so far as a business? I think my proudest moment was when I actually, you know, a lot people's education never stops, right? So I was invited to be in the Georgia Small Business Administration Emerging Leader Program back in 2021. And I came up with every excuse why I just didn't have time for this and didn't have time for that. And someone said, you need to take that course because it is a really good course on a state level for small business owners. And you'll really benefit from that course. And I was like, I'm going oh, wow. to class. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to be there. I got to show up. You know, it's going to take my time. I have this going on. Yeah, you can't only miss but two classes and they kick you out. So it's really strict. 
And it was so funny because I went through the course, I did my homework, I did everything I was supposed to do because I do believe in following processes and the rules. So I did everything. And then it was so funny. I thought I was the most quietest person in the class. And they told me that I was elected as the class leader in graduation. I was the class speaker. And oh, I was no like, how did that happen? <laughs> but the network that I became a part of, the people that I met, and the things that yeah. happened for my business, being in that course in 2021 was really a game changer for us. Right. And I was really proud of myself for taking that class. Yeah. So when you said you had decided to go to the class and not say anything, I'm going, hmm, I'm not sure that <laughs> yeah, happened. I honestly talked more than I realized I talked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's super great. Congratulations on being elected as your class leader and the speaker for that. I'm not surprised. You know, does it really want leadership tend to gravitate easily towards it really easily. I think I liked what you said too, as you said, you followed the process. Yeah. What's the you benefit know, behind following times, the process? Uh, what I saw in others too, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, you have to do it all, right? You don't get to be on vacation. You don't get to do this. If somebody's out, you have to do everything. <laughs> so, right, Not yet. Right. so <laughs> and it's easy to make an yeah. excuse when there's homework or you have to do this class. Or you have to do this presentation. And I said, right. well, if I'm going right. to be here, I am going to give my all, do what they say, meet this. And to this day, from the beginning of the class, you work on a business plan, a three to five year business plan. And I still use that to this day. Right. And I just go in and modify. And, it, and people be like, hey, do you have an executive summary? Sure. Let me just update these dates. <laughs> do you have a business plan? Sure. Let me just update a few things. And that has one of the greatest benefits of being. Right. One of the things that I learned a long time ago is that you don't have a personnel decision, a process that you're finished with improving. You know, so the idea of constant improvement, what does constant improvement look like? To me, constant is like I just said earlier, where we have to evaluate where we are, where we want to go, if we're on track, off track, and then make changes to get there. Don't be afraid to pivot. You know, that is constant improvement for us. Being able to continue to grow in the down freight market, you know, in a down transportation industry. You know, we know what it's going to take for us to survive this and to continue to Mm -hmm. grow in this economy. So that... There alone, just being able to stick with the plan, make sure the team is aligned with the vision and the plan and they understand, hey, there's some things we're going through now that we won't be going through. We remember what it was like when it was good. We remember what it was like when it was great. Now we know what it's like when it's bad, (laughs) but we know that it won't be this way always. So we just have to take the steps and put in the work to get there. Yeah. Where there's uncertainty, there's opportunity, no matter what. And I think that makes a difference between people that make it through any season, the ones that could take it, that can really take advantage of, of uncertainty. We got a few minutes left here. So let's talk down the road a little bit. All right. So SJW has been moving along. You're continuing to do well. You're continuing to pivot. Okay. So we'll do a quick review on our pro tips. Plan your work. You got to pivot off a bad idea. You got to use your market intelligence by leveraging data. You got to do your homework. You got to always have long-term relationships. You got to follow the process. Man, you should just write a book on these. Think of yourself. We know I get to coach a lot of young adults, which is a lot of fun. So what I always try to do is get them to think like a generation past where they are. I always go, okay, 
where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, so I ask you the same question. 10 years from today, when you're 30 years old, so 10 years from today, where do you sort of aspirationally see SJW Logistics? Um, 10 years Where do you want it to land? I see us. We're bigger than that small company, but we're smaller than that medium-sized company. We're still controllable, you know. Yeah. Um, we're still able right. to know our drivers by name. But we want to grow and be stable and be a reputable brand in the market, you know, where people can count on SJW. Right. So 10 years from now. I want to be known as, hey, that's SJW and that company, you know, you'll know who we are when you hear our name. Right. Yeah. So just kind of continuing to improve and build on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I want to ask, here's a curveball question. Okay. So you said you were close to your dad and you had an uncle that helped you understand things. Did they have a have nickname, nickname for you? I do have a nickname. Are you willing to share it? They call me Nika. Nika. <laughs> When my team, even my son, he doesn't know my nickname. My daughter does, but my son doesn't because I've worked so hard to have people call me by my legal government name. <laughs> right, your government name. I love it. Uh, Mika. How did you get to Mika? My middle name. <laughs> I got to get into your middle name eventually. I get it. Wow, what a bunch of great advice for anyone looking to create success with their logistics company. The industry is so proud of you. We're thankful for you as being a customer of Truck Stop. We're thankful that you came on the Freight Nation podcast today. I know the Freight Nation watchers and listeners will grow in their business acumen and grow in their success just by understanding and hearing your story. And and it's been such a joy just having you on today. I really appreciate you you joining us. Thanks for having me on Freight Nation. I'm really excited when I got the email and I appreciate your patience for waiting on me to get on here. And I look forward to coming back as a guest again. Well, it was worth the wait. A Freight Nation, uh, Saritha rallied, man, because she got a little sick and we had to reschedule it. But man, nothing was going to keep me from having Saritha on the schedule because I knew her story needed to be told because uh, you could benefit from it. So Freight Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. And don't forget about those six things to plan your work, to pivot off a bad idea, to follow the, get your market intelligence and be able to leverage data, do your homework. Make sure you always, always invest in long-term relationships because that'll sustain you and follow the process. And that's right there from signed Saritha Willingham, right there. No problem. So thank you again, Saritha, so much. And Freight Nation, don't forget, as we always like to say at Freight Nation, work hard, be kind, and stay humble. On behalf of the Truck Stop team, thanks for listening to this episode of Freight Nation. To find out more about the show, head to truckstop.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Until then, keep on trucking and exploring the open roads with Freight Nation, a trucking podcast.